Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Shifted Radio. Today, we travel to Germany. Dominic Bittner is our guest today. Dominic is in his sixth professional season. He's got over 216 games played in the Deutsche Eishockey Liga. And he also played in the Western Hockey League with the L. Everett Silvertips. Dominic has also played in the World Junior Championships and has represented Germany many, many times in his career. So without further ado, we'd like to welcome Dominic to our show. Welcome to the show, Dominic. How are you doing today, buddy? Good. Thanks for having me, buddy. How are you? No problem. No problem. I am well, thank you. I am well. How are things in Germany right now? Pretty busy, pretty busy. Uh, we got a really tough schedule this year. I don't know how it is with uh, your league too, but uh, because of the Olympic break, the whole league basically has one less month to play. So we play True. way more games right now. And uh, personally, right now, recovering from a little injury and uh, hopefully be back on the weekend again. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, why don't you tell, like we gave the listeners a little bit of a quick bio but why don't you tell the people uh, who are listening who aren't familiar with you uh, a little bit about you and and where you're playing right now and and where you're from yeah i'm uh, from germany i was born in a little town in uh, bavaria and i basically played there till i was 15 and uh I moved to to Mannheim to a junior program when I was 15. That's basically when the under-16 national team tryouts uh, took place in Germany, and uh, the the coach of the Mannheim junior team was there, and like he he asked me to come there, and I played there three years in in Mannheim, and uh, right after when I was 18, I did sign my uh, first professional deal with the team in Mannheim and I was basically sent down to the affiliate team in the second league to play there for one year but I like uh, wasn't really comfortable yet playing with adults and I was only 18 so I, I was looking for some other challenge to grow as a player and uh, I was lucky enough to be able to go to the Western Hockey League to play in Everett for one year which helped me a lot. And then uh, when I came back as a 20-year-old back to Germany, I, uh, I made the team in Mannheim. And uh, I played there for five years. But uh, last year, for me, it was time to look for a new challenge because like, I couldn't grow my role anymore on the team. So I decided to move to Schwenningen, which is also in the first league in Germany, who were kind in a rebuild mode for the last couple of years and it kind of like was the perfect fit to go to a team that's also striving to get better and has a lot of young players that are looking to get better all the time and it was like a perfect fit for me and we're actually doing quite well right now I don't, I don't really don't know sit in fifth or sixth place right now with 14 games to go till the playoffs and uh, yeah, we hope we can make the playoffs like 
like sooner, better sooner <laughs> than later. For sure. And uh, yeah, looking for for a good outcome of the season. That's uh, that's pretty awesome. I mean, a lot of people who are listening right now uh, don't get this perspective from a German player. Uh, it's awesome to hear like their like your mindset and like your mentality towards uh, like how you came up through the system and how you developed from when you were 15, 16 years old up until now. I mean, you're not a, you're not an old guy at all. You're still a young kid, but you know, you've already experienced so much and it's uh it's pretty cool to see all the things that you've been able to do in your career thus far. And I mean, we played together in Mannheim in 2013, 14, I think it was. Yeah. Yes. And yes. uh yeah, you were, you're, I mean, see, you were a young kid then and we were D partners, uh, but um, it's it's great to see that uh, you know you've you've stuck with it, and now I don't know if you noticed that maybe you're not the youngest guy anymore. Like maybe you're helping some of the other guys. Like how how is it how is it there for you? Like on your team now? Like how how do you find your role now? Yeah, well, it's it was kind of like I was I was on a team that was on a championship now mode for five years straight. So there wasn't really like time for me to, to, to develop or to make mistakes uh-huh. because the team always was in this like championship now mode and we won one championship in the five years. And it didn't really look like next years are going to change. So I wanted just like a place where I could actually finally get the last steps of my development hopefully yeah yeah and uh so when i started talking to other teams like schwenningen came across and uh they came back into the league four years ago i think and they were in last place twice second last place once and third last place the other time Uh but they always played with young players and like, uh, f- just from talking to them, we were like, yeah, they, the players, like, they need to make the next step. And like, we'd like to bring in some guys that come like from a different culture. So yeah, for them, it was like really interesting to bring in a guy like me who played with a lot of guys that made NHL experience. Like you had a couple of games, like there were other guys, there were German guys that played NHL. Yeah, I was yeah. I was there in the locker room when we when we won the championship, so I noticed some stuff. So that was like the kind of thing Schwenningen wanted to do: to bring in more guys that that have experienced stuff like that. And they brought in two guys from Mannheim, uh, Mirko Höflin and myself. And then they brought in two guys from Munich, Toby Werle, who won two championships with them, mm-hmm. and Uli Maurer. Yeah, and uh, that's kind of like we were like trying to get the younger guys to like critic more themselves, like to push them harder to work at themselves and stuff like that. And uh, I think everybody's just working really hard together right now. And I'm just I don't know I'm just trying to be better myself every day. For and sure. uh, try to like get the younger guys to to follow my path because just like I said I wasn't 
I wasn't like 100% in the team all the time in Mannheim, but I, I, I learned from other guys what it needs or what it takes to, to push yourself for teams like that. And when you're like uh, an eighth demon on the roster or something, you need to work out hard in the, in the weight room. You need to be always positive in the locker room. You need to show up earlier than the guys. Maybe you need to go home later than the guys. And that's kind of like what I'm trying to bring to this team right now. And uh, yeah, and also... Like I said, like looking for myself too to get a little bit better development, and uh, yeah, as a team right now we're growing, we're doing pretty good, and uh, hope we can we can keep uh, that trend going too because, like I said, nobody really saw us coming before the season, yeah. but the, the confidence in our locker room grew all the time and it's still growing so we're we're pretty pumped about what's going on right now for sure that's that's unreal that's amazing to hear that bitsy honestly like just to hear the way you're speaking and and like i I can see the maturity coming through your voice and uh, i'm sure that you know the young kids now who you know when you were younger you wanted to you know experience all that stuff but I'm sure the young kids now who are coming up can see that from you because you're coming from a winning culture, like a, a, a culture that's trying to win now all the time in Mannheim. And you're bringing it, uh, you're bringing that culture, that mindset, that mentality, and you know all the things you just listed off, whether it was, you know, working out harder in the weight room or getting there earlier than the guys or going home later than the guys. Like these are just all habits that, that breed professionalism and they just, they rub off on the guys, whether you know it or not. And it's one thing that I noticed early in my career was how the older guys were um, just day to day. And then I tried to implement that into my own career. And then, you know, to hear from other guys, it's, it's just great. And for the young kids who are listening to, to hear this stuff, um, it's so important. And, it's so important for them to hear that it's going on in other places in the world too, because a lot of the kids that are listening or, you know, may, might be from Canada or the U S or, you know, might have some German kids now listening too, but it's good for all of them to hear the, this, the level of, you know, like dedication that it actually takes to be at the top level. I mean, the German, the German league, the DEL is a really, really high level league now. And, and like, it's been it's been a high level league for quite a while, but you know, especially recently, the quality of players that have been going from North America over to Germany has been like continuously getting better and better and better. And I feel like the league quality has gotten better and better and better. And you know, I'm sure you know you might have noticed that as well. Like, what do you think about how it's how it's been the last few years? Yeah, I th- I think it's been getting better all the time. Like there's there's younger guys coming over too now that for example that try to they they got a sniff in the NHL for example, but like never really quite made it. And uh now they're coming here to play lots and maybe work their way back. Like one example is, is Luke Adam who who played and uh, he plays in Mannheim right now. He had I don't know how many games with Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, I remember Luke. Probably way, way more than a hundred. 
and he's he's maybe 26 27 right now like it's it's not for him it's not done he wants he wants to go back right and like there's quality players coming there's quality coaches coming uh-huh. like i said the one year we won the championship with Mannheim, we had Geoff ward as a head coach who's now assistant coach in new jersey uh-huh. his assistants back then in Mannheim were Jay leach and uh craig woodcroft yeah, who yeah i think craig woodcroft right now is head coach in Geneva in the Swiss League in the first league and I'm not 100% sure but I think Jay Leach is a head coach in the AHL right now yeah, so I think so as well it's 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 yeah it's younger guys it's it's guys that are more motivated it's it's guys with more knowledge guys that let other people or that that share their knowledge too. Like it's 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 been a growing culture all over the league. Like for example, the league now uh, is paying one NHL referee to come over and uh, teach the German referees, like t- to to be better yeah. referees, to analyze their game, to look at video and stuff like that. Like the whole league is growing right now and like wants to get better and. I think you can really notice that over the last couple of years and it's still going on. And, uh, yeah, I, I hope that trend yeah. is, is keeping, you, keeping you up because see, it's been good. Yeah, you can see how it's trending up. And, and anybody who's in hockey and, like, is around, like, you know, in the summertime when teams are signing players and all this stuff, you know, like, you always see and hear guys, especially since since I played there, uh, I've gotten I've gotten so many questions uh, from guys saying, "What was it like? What was it like? What was it like?" And my answer to them was always like, "Yeah, it was awesome. Like the league is great. Like the f- I just I can't believe like going over there initially. My my first you know my first year over in Europe was in Mannheim, and I feel kind of spoiled that it was because I feel like that's one of the best places." Um, for like fan support because like every game was just sold out and it was a new rank and it's really big rank. And then I went to like the other ranks and I saw that every other rank is packed and the, and the fans are going crazy every single game and the atmosphere at every game makes it so easy for, for a player like me who's coming over, you know, to get up for games and you know, what, what people in North America might not know is that like, when you go to a hockey game, like it's, it's like standing and chanting and the fans are so, so passionate. Um, like, was that, was that always like that there? Or like, how, how has the culture of hockey changed in, in Germany over the course of basically your whole life? Like when you first started up until now, like, have you seen a dramatic change in the culture of hockey? Um, no, actually, I think like uh, when I was younger, it was even even more crazy than it is right now. <laughs> That's um, good. Yeah, because, like you said, like all the all the rinks right now are like you cannot say like hockey rink anymore. It's like big arenas, like multifunctional mm-hmm. arenas that also hold, hold concerts. But like back in the days when there were like really old hockey rinks. And everything was like even closer to the ice. It was even louder. But the German German hockey culture is the, 
it's it's a good one it's almost like a soccer atmosphere kind of thing like people are bringing drums and like chanting the whole game like they're they're making up their own songs that they sing for 60 minutes and uh most of the time most of the teams like when you win a home game you go back to the locker room you just like change into a t-shirt with a with a nice little sentence on it like thank you fans for supporting us you go back out you you clap with the fans you wave at them and then you go back into the locker room it's it's definitely different from from north america um but i think we need it like that we need like a close relation to the fans because the fan base is by far not as big as north america so the ones that go to the game you really need a good relationship with because you do live off them like they support you all the way especially like i said here in, in schwenningen for example where i'm right now they had four years in the first league which weren't really satisfying but my first practice i came here there were two thousand fans like huh. Singing That's songs the whole, the whole <laughs> practice, like they brought drums and everything. So I'm really, really thankful for the way it is in Germany. And uh, yeah, that's that's like unreal. Two thousand people at your practice. Yeah, at the first practice, we basically just like did like a draft or whatever in the locker room and like made up two teams and we actually wore our home and away jerseys. And then we did like 30 minutes of drills and then we played oh, yeah. against each other, like two lines against two other lines. But uh, it was kind of like a thing to, to please the fans and thank them. And we did like a shootout at the end and stuff like that. But there was 2000 fans for our first home practice. <laughs> that's insane. That's unreal. That that's, dedication right there by those fans it is and like i said they, like uh, last years weren't like really good like it would be easy for them to just say yeah we we're not coming right now like show us something or whatever but it, they they're pumped up about the season they they want to support us and we just want to give back a little that's amazing that's amazing i, I remember my my year that I played in Germany was Schwenigen's, uh first year back in the league. I don't remember that, but uh, <laughs> I remember what I remember about Schwenigen was yeah. we uh, we actually won our first. And this is a, this is a derby match, so Mannheim and, and Schwenigen is a derby match. So we we won our first game there, and then <laughs> when we went back out to like see our fans, I remember there was a piece of plexiglass like right where, where the stands were. And I just remember walking by and like you see a bunch of fans. They were sprinting at the plexiglass trying to break it down because they hated yeah. us so much. And I think yeah. that's amazing. Like I love that fierce rivalry that, that can be built up because I think that's getting a little bit lost in the NHL right now. And I, I just that's that's the part of hockey that fascinates me the most and i think it's the most interesting because that's where the fan base the culture comes from like you, you get that rivalry mentality like i think back home when i was a kid i remember growing up watching toronto against montreal toronto against ottawa like those were real like hateful rivalries and like we hated them and they hated us and it was great and then to be a player and to experience that 
you know, that level of animosity and like how passionate you see these people really are. It's, it's wild. It's incredible to feel that. And like, do you, you remember that? Uh, do they still do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they still do that. For, like, <laughs> the, they organized buses to go on, on road trips. And uh, it's, it's a lot of police at those games too, because like, obviously you don't want any, any fights or something in, in the stands, but uh, it's always, it's always loud. It's always packed. They're singing against each other all the, all the time, all the 60 minutes. And um, you, you notice on the ice too, it's like every derby game is like a playoff game. Like it's more fierce. It, it's way more hits. And, uh, but it's great. It's, it's a good thing for the fans too. And uh, yeah, like you said, Mannheim Schwenningen is, is one. Then you have in uh, in Germany, you have uh, Cologne and Dusseldorf too. That's like a really fierce rivalry mm. because back in the day, those were two teams that were always winning championships back and forth. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a great thing to have. And and like I said, it's here in Germany maybe a little bit more like a soccer atmosphere in those games, which is. For for a guy like you that came from North America and was I, I remember it I think it was our first game of the season too against Schwenningen. Mm -hmm. It's maybe something different to experience right away. Oh yeah. But like but like you said, it's 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 amazing. Yeah, it it really is, and I'm I'm thankful that I got to spend that time there because it totally changed my perspective of European hockey and like right away and it was just amazing. Like, I can remember. My first experience over in Europe, we played in the the Champions Hockey League, and it was called the European Trophy, I think, at the time. But that's a that's a great tournament that doesn't get. I mean, it's starting to get a little bit more publicity now. But um, how, how is it from the perspective of like the players still? Like, because when I went over there, I saw it as like, wow, this is pretty cool. We get to travel between countries, this and that. Like, you get to go play and. Sweden or Finland or, uh, you know, like uh, Switzerland or now they, they've opened it up to a lot more places. But um, what's the feeling of like a team? Because like you guys played in it every year with with Mannheim. Uh, what's the feeling there of going to play in like a tournament like that in the preseason? How do you find that prepares you for the regular season? Well, yeah, yeah, like you said, we played it, uh, Mannheim played in it uh, all the years because I think from when it was founded. Five yeah, they're years one of the ago, they're one of the founding teams. Yeah, and you like pay a certain amount of money to be in there for the first five years. Mm -hmm. So, and after that, you have to qualify through the league, the the league champion, and then I don't know. Depends on which league. I think like the Finnish and Swedish league gets the most uh, teams to play in it. No, it depends. Uh, I was reading about this last summer. It depends on how the national team does. So like at any okay. international competition, how the national team does. So each ranking, they get like uh, higher. So if they get like from second to third, they just get more points. And then there's like a ranking system within the countries. And then... That, that earns them more places in the Champions League. So it's, it's kind of cool the way they have it set and figured out. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's really awesome. And at the, at the beginning, when, when it first started out, you like really didn't know what you should expect because sometimes when you have like preseason 
games we already played against Swedish teams or some Finnish teams, but that was really different because that wasn't a preseason game anymore, even though it was preseason and it was used as preseason because there was no other time for uh, for having real preseason games then. You basically used it as, as a preseason, but it was mm-hmm. real competition. And uh, as the years were coming by, everybody started to realizing, yeah, it's not just playing for fun. Like you want to, you want to get to the next round all the time. And you started to play teams you would have never played for. We played one Belarusian team in one year. It it was Grotno. I never heard of this place. And (laughs) we, we went there and it was such an amazing game. They played such a different style, like really Russian hockey style. They were all Mm -hmm. super skilled. And uh, it's it's great to play those teams. And then, uh, yeah, we actually never made it over the group stage, unfortunately. I think that would have been awesome. But uh, now it's it's getting way more attention and nobody sees it anymore as a preseason tournament or whatever because uh, all the teams want to play in it. Like you want to qualify through your... Yeah, absolutely. Through your team and, uh, yeah. It, it's something good because you just see different styles of hockey too. Like yeah. Different cultures, different cities. It's it's something special. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, that was a fun tournament for sure. Um, I want to go back to like your junior career, and then you said you came up with uh, Jung Adler Mannheim, right? And then you yes, from- yes, yes. Then you signed, and then you, they sent you to the second league team, but instead of there, you wanted to go over to uh, North America. Uh, can you go back and, like, what's the, what's the junior hockey system like in Germany, first of all? Like, I know the Jung Adler um, program uh, sort of well, I, I think. I've been doing a little more research on them, and one of the teams that we work with back home, SAC, uh, they actually go over to Germany – to Mannheim and they play in a tournament over in August as like a preseason yeah. tournament there and they love it. And I, I was actually recommending to them a whole bunch of places to go and do to go and do and see. And, and uh, like, what, what's that program like? And then what was the transition like to go over to North America? Well, uh, the, the young Adler program, the junior team program of Mannheim is basically funded by uh, the owner of the pro team and uh, they got a couple guys from Mannheim but not really a lot but most of the time they're bringing in guys from all over Germany and like I said they're scouting them in like under 16 national team tryouts so that's where they they scout their players and Mm -hmm. uh, they bring them to the junior program and for me actually it was a 50 50 decision uh, not just for hockey it was also a decision for school because there i was able to to do the way to finish my school the way i wanted to finish it and Mm -hmm. uh, i think when i if i would have stayed at my other team there wasn't as much support for it and i probably wouldn't have a the good degree that I have now. Mm -hmm. So I decided to go to the junior program and it's basically 
program where we had practice in the morning all the time at eight o'clock. So we were woken up by somebody. We all, basically, we all lived in this huge building all together, the whole team. Everybody had his own room and like TV and internet access. And you were sharing a bathroom with one other guy. So it basically was kind of like a little apartment you walked in and you share you shared a bathroom uh, and then you went into your own rooms uh-huh. and uh, we were woken up 6 30 every morning we were on the ice at eight driven to school by the bus at 9 30 then school started at 10 like we, we went to a regular school which cooperated with our uh, training system so basically yeah, we yeah. had like we had like music or sports, mm-hmm. religion, like stuff like that in the in the morning. So it wasn't as bad when we missed it. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Then we had school from ten to four, and I think we were back at the rink at five and had practice. So we had a workout at the gym and then ice practice again. And we were home by eight and then the teachers came and did like homework with us. So we were just <laughs> studying like seriously. And it was all paid by, uh, by the owner. That's uh, incredible. Like school, food, transportation, like hockey gear, everything was most paid by them. And then we played in the German league and, uh, the team was really good all all the time because like of the way we were practicing and we were kind of like superior to all the other teams. We, we won the championship in all three years. I've been there since the league was found. They maybe did not win it four or five times in 25 years. I think I, 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 this is like, I don't know a hundred percent, but it's something around that. Okay. Even if it's half the time, it's still insane. Yeah. <laughs> like... yeah. And, uh, but the, the coaches basically said they want to like get competition from other countries too. So all the, all the years we were going to Sweden to play a tournament and we were an under 18 team and we always played the under 20s we played the finnish under 20s teams the swedish under 20s teams we played against czech teams we went to austria we went to uh to canada we played in that uh maybe you know it this it, that's in drummondville that triple a tournament yeah the uh, quebec peewee tournament yeah yeah we no, played that's, there no that's younger then there's the oh the, in drummondville it's it's a huge tournament there were a lot of teams yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't. The name evades me right now because uh, you would have been junior age there. So yeah, um, just basically the idea was that we play guys from other countries that are kind of on our level, like maybe a little bit better, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit not so good, but uh, just to see that there is competition out there too. Because just if we would have played in the league all, all the time, we would have probably thought we're the greatest on earth and like you don't need to do anything anymore and you'll be the next Sidney Crosby right yeah (laughs) and uh, that was really good for us so all the guys that or yeah most of the guys that were in this program made it to the pro level and even the guys that did not make it I think they built such great 
soft skills such a great mm-hmm. character that they do something else like with a great passion whatever it is like they are doing now but like everybody's really passionate about it and puts 100% effort into it yeah that's that's a that's a amazing uh, program it sounds like um i'm just I, i'm thinking uh, over here i'm familiar with the programs that we have in canada and that just sounds like it's you know a, a really great program as well and and it's really a testament to like the you know the people who are putting the money into it i mean is that is that uh is that uh, the sap daniel hop is that he's yeah he's it's his who... it's his father actually like uh i think his father is funding the junior program okay yeah they're so passionate about hockey uh, those guys uh, yeah it's that's pretty good to to see it's good when when people who run, you know, big businesses and big corporations like that, they have passion for sports because it can, can really make a difference. Um, and making a difference at the, the young level, the youth level is, is so important to building like the, the team and the, like the, the league, the domestic leagues, like the German league or like the international team, you know, like in the last few years, I mean, the, the German national team has been, you know, kind of up and down, but generally speaking, they've had better results in the last 10 years than they've had, you know, for a long time previously, I, w- yeah. I would think, right? Yeah. Is that is that pretty accurate? Yeah. That's so, accurate. so, I mean, that's just, it's just, it's small gains, small gains. And, you know, the, the German mentality is very, you know, they do things, they do things very well and with a lot of precision. And it's just a matter of time before, you know, they're into that more top level and they can kind of stay there. And it's with programs like this, that's for sure going to, going to help their, their national team and their domestic leagues get even stronger because once you grow the, like the, the non-import players and, and those guys are getting really good now, like you can see that like guys like you guys, and you know, you can see all your peers that you came up with, like the level of their skill level is, is really high too. And then you add in like good import players who are coming from all around the world now. And then that's how the league is just going to get so strong and it is getting really strong. Right. So it's just, that's just one of the ways. And, and I think that they're doing really, really well. And I, I'm excited to watch German hockey over the next coming years. Cause I think, I think it's really primed for like a big, a big push into like, an elite class, I think, you know, like, I don't know how you guys feel, but that's, that's just my, my thought process behind it because they're just doing everything the right, you know, the right way. They're pushing to have the, you know, the, the junior players get better uh, practice time and, and more practice time and learning the fundamentals about the game. I mean, you know, maybe it's not going to happen overnight, but nothing that, you know, is really worthwhile ever happens overnight. So it's really good to see all that. Right. So yeah. that's, that's good. Yeah. Um, they're they're uh, trying to, to make it better all the time. Like, uh, like I said earlier for me, it was at the point where I turned pro, it wasn't like really easy to go from junior to, to pro level there. I was missing some time in between and there trying to make that time better now for for, yeah. uh, for the players that get out of the junior systems right now because 
it, it was a hard transition and they make they try to make it an easier transition yeah like another yeah. another program for example is is the red bull munich right now yeah they have like this huge practice facility in salzburg austria and they have a team there which is i think half of german players and half austrian players yeah and they're basically playing in the in the austrian second men men's league and uh, i think they also got like a team that's playing in the russian junior league i'm not 100 percent sure mm. about that so there there is a lot of ways and a lot of uh, a lot of different thinking but i think thinking that's the right way to to make the transition better because just like the North American guys know it, there's ways to go to college, there's ways to play junior till you're 20. And uh, there was really no chance uh, back in the day for me to do that in Germany, but they're building it right now. And yeah, hopefully well, that helps the whole German for uh, sure. hockey, hockey system to get better too. Well, you had a, a chance to go over and play in North America, right? Like at Everett. And did you like your experience over there? Yeah, it was it was really good. I basically, I uh, I went when I was when I just turned nineteen, so it was pretty late. And looking back, it probably maybe would have been better to go earlier. But it was also important for me to finish my school too in Germany before mm-hmm. I try and do that. And uh, but but it was a really great experience. It was a really good league. Um, it was good to have that many games, like German season only has 52 games. I think the junior season had 72. Yeah, and, it's quite uh, a bit more, yeah. Yeah, it's quite a bit more, but it's it's a challenge you have to get used to too, right? It's like you have to learn how to eat better, recover better, work out smarter, sleep better, stuff like that. It's It was part of growing and... Uh, Made a lot of friendships there. Still, am in touch with a lot of guys. Still, sometimes talk to the assistant coach they have there, because sometimes he's asking about players here in Germany too. Yeah, like they want to bring in again or want to know more about. And uh, it's been great. And uh, hopefully, I can go back there uh, to visit a game again someday. Because yeah, my billets were great. It was a really good experience for me. Yeah, what was that like to go over to North America and have to go live with a, a family? And, you know, like being German, was there a little bit of a language barrier or were you pretty well, good with English back then too? Yeah, I uh, actually, I wasn't uh, as good as I speak right now, but uh, we learn English pretty well in school. Yeah. Um. It was different for me to live with a billet family because, like I said, when I was 15, I moved here to the junior program and we were basically already on our own. I mean, uh, yeah, true. We, we had like a cook who, who made us lunch and dinner all the time, like every day. So that was different for us. So I didn't need to take care of that. Mm-hmm. But uh, other than that, I was pretty independent already from when I was 15 on. And like I said, I played one year with the affiliate of the pro team before I 
Oh yeah, that's right. Before I you went, went to Everett, so I actually already had my own apartment, my own car. Like I had a salary. <laughs> and then, that's but, it. <laughs> but, yeah, but it wasn't right at that moment, right? It was like I I needed to na- uh, needed to take one more step, and uh, yeah. So, gave that up and uh, went to the junior program. And it was really different for me to live back with a family and like be dependent and stuff like that and not have a car and not have a salary or like a real salary. You, you get a little bit of money, but not like a real salary. Yeah. That's, that's so crazy because like, you know, to hear that you'd rather have foregone the money and gone to junior hockey and, and made that step in your progression. Um, that speaks volumes, first of all, to your character, uh, second of all, to the commitment you have to the sport, and third, to the vision that you had for your career and, and knowing what you needed. And I mean, not having been able to have that uh, option earlier in your career in Germany, I mean, it's something that we can look back and talk about, you know, we can debate, but um, I think having that perspective now and even you know that at that time to say okay i'm going to go over to north america now and get some experience i think in my opinion it seems like it's it's served you well um throughout your career would you agree with that yeah for sure for sure and uh for me when i when i went there i i i could learn a lot from other players on our team and uh and from from the coaches we had there, and I was lucky that my head coach uh, we had in Everett, he finished his career in uh, Germany too. Like I think he had a long NHL career. It was his name was Mark Ferner. I don't know if you know okay. know him or heard of him, but uh, I just know that after he was done playing in the NHL, he went for two years to Germany and he played in Kassel and also in Schwenningen. Like I think mm-hmm. his last year in Germany was Schwenningen. Okay. So he, he knew where I came from and what the culture is in Germany and he knew a little German. So whenever I I felt a little bit off or whatever or needed someone to talk to, he was he was there for me. That's so important, right? That, that, is, that was really important. And uh, we had we had a couple of really great guys, and I was I was really lucky. Like I played half of the season. I played uh, together as a deep partner with Ryan Murray. Oh yeah, first round Not of bad. Columbus. <laughs> yeah, so Not bad. Eh? He was he was awesome, and I, I he was a year younger than me, or is a year younger than me. But I learned a lot from him. And then uh, actually the other half of the season and played with a guy that he must be in your league now in Denmark. His name is Nick Walters. I don't know if you know him. He plays at Odense. No, I don't uh, I don't know him personally, no. Yeah. But it was great. Like just great guys like uh mindsets and I think that year Bray brought the most change to my mind in terms of being professional mm-hmm. because just when you grow up in Germany you I don't know how to put this in a way that it doesn't sound too negative but uh, <laughs> yeah but you grow up seeing soccer players your whole life yeah. there is no there is no hockey on TV or back in the day not at all then it was a little bit on pay TV but my parents haven't had it and I Actually, I wasn't really interested in it too. Like, 
you just don't hear of it. You, I was yeah. playing hockey and I was playing in the streets with my friends and everything, but I, I never was really interested in watching like a German hockey game. And there was no chance at all to catch an NHL game <laughs> on TV. <laughs> and you so basically amazing. like see, you see these guys on soccer teams, right? And you see like their mindsets and stuff. And like, I don't want to be like too negative about their mindsets, but it is different and it's not what, you need as a hockey player so i was really really happy and lucky to have that one year to change my mind a little and then after that like i said have some guys in mannheim that were real real professionals and uh yeah i learned a lot that's that's so awesome. Like that's a great piece of advice for the young kids now to hear that stuff from someone who's going through it right now at the same time as them. Um, yeah. To hear that, like, and that perspective of you know you didn't grow up watching hockey because not because you didn't want to, but you didn't have the option to. So then that means you weren't interested because you just never saw it, right? So, yeah. yeah. So did you grow up playing soccer too then? I wasn't never like in a in a team, but I I played a bunch of soccer. It's just what you do. Like in this in school, when you have a break, you play twenty minutes of soccer. You in yeah. the summertime, you get together with your friends, you play soccer. I was I was doing a lot of uh, different sports when I was younger. I I was doing track and field and handball, basketball, ping pong, whatever. Like I was. Basically, I was was going in the mountains a lot, a lot of boulder, but uh, I think that served me well because that I think that makes you a more complete athlete. And I yes. would, uh, I'm still now when we have like summer workouts, I still try to do a lot of different stuff, not just the same stuff all the time. I play a lot of tennis, for example, beach volleyball. I implement that stuff just because I like it. And, yeah, and it serves you so well as an athlete, right? Like that. Yeah, that's so important for everyone to hear that. I mean, if you yeah. are listening to this, please press rewind for like the last minute and a half, and and just please listen to that again, and to hear that when you you know you you want to get away from hockey and you want to implement different sports into your training routine, it's so good to to make you a well-rounded athlete and it's going to help your hockey playing ability. Um, for, for me, what I noticed, cause I grew up playing soccer the same too. Like I, I played on teams growing up uh, my whole life and actually I was pretty decent at soccer growing up and, and because I played it all the time in the summertime and I would, you know, we practiced a lot too. And, and at school we did the same thing. Like when recess, when we had, you know, like our 20 minute break in school, we went outside and we played soccer, right? So, like, and then we played, like, football and, and, you know, like, other sports, too. But soccer was, like, it was so passionate for me because I grew up in an Italian, uh, you know, family and household. And it was just so ingrained in our culture that it's just what I did. And I noticed that when I played these other sports and when I did these other things in, in the summertime, my creativity was going up because – you know, obviously hockey was what I was best at, but when you put me on like the soccer pitch or in like football or basketball, that's not my, you know, it's not my forte. I mean, I was good, but I had to, I had to learn different ways of how to get around someone 
one-on-one or how to defend someone one-on-one. And it made me more creative, think more outside the box and more creatively. And then I brought that skill with me back to hockey. And then it just helped my, you know, overall development in hockey. I don't know. Just, that's something that you think would be, you know, what, like what you're talking about. Yeah. That puts it, uh, you put it just right. I think that it helps you a lot in, in the create creativity of, uh, when you're back on the ice in hockey, like when you do other sports, it, it helps you a lot. I, I hand eye coordination from quickness, from, uh, I don't know the, the English word for it, but like for thinking in a room, like thinking yeah. where to Spati- put a ball. Or, yeah, spatial, a spatial awareness, we call it. Yes. Spatial. And uh, like decision making. And also, like I said, like tennis, you learn the experience of being alone and then you're dependent on your, on your own performance, but that puts you back into perspective when you play back with a team and how you have to work as a team to accomplish a goal. It, it's not, you can't accomplish a team goal on your own. It's impossible. And, uh, yeah, it offers yeah, I th- a perspective. I think all, yeah. All that helps you in hockey. And like you said, for me, it was the same. Hockey was what, what I have been at the best. And, uh, better than the other sports I did. And uh, also it was the one that I had the most fun. So at the one point where it all became serious, I decided to stick with hockey. Yeah. Because it was basically, I also had the chance to go with handball. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I just loved hockey and I'm really glad I stuck with it. Yeah, I think you made the right choice. I, I, I don't know your handball skills, but I think that you made a good choice picking yeah. hockey. Yeah. Um, I, I'll take it back one sec here. Uh, that uh, When you were talking about school and all this stuff, like you talked about finishing your school, um, you continued your education. I remember when we were playing together, you were doing some uh, some schooling. You want to elaborate a little bit on that and, and what you've been up to in, in the, the last few years? Yeah, yeah. So basically, when uh, I finished school before, I uh, went to play junior in Everett. And then basically, when I got back, I wanted to put like, I really wanted to make the team. And then I I made the team and played the first season there. And like, things were going well. And I ha- I got the chance to like, cooperate with a university that does like sports management degrees Uh and it was uh, a private university so I had to pay for it it wasn't like because that's another thing a normal university in Germany is for free like you just finish your school and university is for free and it Uh just depends on how good your grades were to which university you can go. So there's like really, really good ones, but you need all A's, for example, for it. Okay. And if yeah. you don't have all A's, you can put you can put your name on like a waiting list. And let's say you have all B's, then you need to wait for five years until you can go to that university. Wow. <laughs> that's that's so, some strict standards. Yeah. 
But then there there was like in Mannheim this one a private university, but with like the degree is just a normal degree that you would get at any other university, and I could uh, I was able to put the tests and uh, everything I had to do on the time that I had had a free time. Like I, I did most of my stuff in the summertime. But there was like little projects I could work on during the season, like when I got home from practice or stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So I basically did that in uh, three and a half years to to get my sports management degree too, because uh, I just think it's it's important too to know that there's something that you can do after hockey. Obviously, exactly. obviously. I'm working really hard and hope to have a really, really long career, a mm -hmm. positive career. And I embrace every minute of it because there's nothing that I think of I would love to do more than being a professional hockey player right now. But at some point, your body probably tells you it's over. <laughs> we all need to do something else. And with the sports management degree, I just basically hope to to stay in the game somehow because it was a lot about like sponsoring too. Because you know now, sponsoring is a big part in, uh, in yes. European hockey. For you know, you just know that like the NHL teams, they only have their logo on the jersey, but in, in Germany. You basically feel like a living billboard. There's so many uh, <laughs> company names on your jersey, but it's well, that's important. coming to North America too. Yeah, yeah, but it's important here because otherwise, uh, there probably would not be any hockey. Like that, those companies pay for it. For sure, it's so uh, important. Uh, that's yeah. one of the what's one of the best things about uh, having played in Europe is is getting to know those people who are supporting the team. I remember after every game in Mannheim. We would go up into the uh, into the lounge and and meet and talk with the the sponsors and socialize and get a good meal and you know you just were friendly with them and they got to know you on a personal level and you got to know them on a personal level and you just it just built the culture right and it and it offered a chance for us to say thank you to them for giving us the opportunity to play the game that we love right so it's like you've learned from from the business side of it sponsorships are really important because they can drive, you know, awareness to your business and to your product. But for us as athletes, it's so important because th this is our livelihood and this is how we make our money. And this is how we, you know, build our careers, or our families. Like this is how we set ourselves up for the rest of our lives. And these people are giving us an opportunity to do that. So it's important that we as athletes go up and acknowledge them and tell them like, Hey, thank you. We, we appreciate what you're doing. Yeah. That's really, really important. Yes. And, uh, it's, it's not, how should I say that? It's not, uh, normal that these people do it. Just like we said, like it's, they put in a lot of, a lot of money, especially also the guy that were funded the junior program, and they basically yes. get nothing out of it, right? It's just because they do it for for us who love to do the sports. They do yes. it for the fan base, for the people that live there. But in the <laughs> end, it's a minus for them every year. And you yes. really have to acknowledge that and be thankful for that. Because 
otherwise a lot of teams would not exist like exactly for example like in in Mannheim when I was in Mannheim the family hop uh they were funding most of it and there were other sponsors too. But uh, I think this team could survive on one sponsor. But here in Schwenningen, it's way more sponsors and they're all little ones. It's like Mm -hmm. not, it's not big companies, you know, across the whole globe, like SAP, SAP in Mannheim, you know it everywhere. Mm -hmm. But in Schwenningen, it's just, a whole bunch of small companies that all put in their money and that works pretty well too. And we have the same setup. We go up into the business lounge after the games. We have our meal there after the game. There's people coming up to talk to us. We have a quick chat with them, which is, you you have to be careful too, right? Because uh, you shouldn't like, talk about team stuff which is no no normal, of course but uh you should you should have a good relationship and you also make friendships maybe too but uh it's a good thing it's a it's a good thing and uh yeah like i said really thankful for that yeah absolutely i, I actually just uh just wrote something on linkedin about this and it got some uh, some attention about it's really important to for athletes to take advantage of, of the attention that we have and to use that to network. Um, because as you just mentioned, like we, we can't do this forever and you know, like not yet (laughs) and we can't do it at a high level forever. So like, there's going to come a point in time where we're going to have to transition into what we do next. And at that point in time, you know, all things being equal, we got to start from the bottom again. And we, We've been literally doing this this hockey thing our entire lives. So to go and just stop when we're however old we are, we're not like even if you play until you're 35, like that's not old. You know, you're still a young guy and you have so much of your life ahead of you and you have to start back from from zero and you have to try to catch up. But what's good uh, about what we have the opportunity to do is to network with with these people. And what we need to do is take advantage of that and use that to our advantage to help us uh, when we're done hockey. Uh, I don't know. Do you have LinkedIn? I'm on LinkedIn, yeah. Yeah, LinkedIn, I think, is going to be the the hottest uh, social network this year um, because it's such, a, it's such an invaluable tool. And I think that it's getting more awareness and there's, there's going to be a lot more action and I see that they're starting to do more things with like video and advertising and in a B2B world. So I think that LinkedIn's going to be making a major push this year, but um, regardless of that, it's just so easy to go and link up with people there and, and see what they've been up to. But um, yeah, that's, that's my tangent there. But uh, I, before we, you know, transition into the ending segment uh, here with the episode, uh, we'll ha- a couple more topics to uh, to chat on. One is, uh, can you give me your thoughts on Han Sak? On what? <laughs> can you give me your thoughts on Han Sak? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I love that guy. Like he was, he's very very intense. Like. <laughs> We is uh he's you know he's in his mid sixties. I'm sure maybe he's seventy now, but 
Yeah. When we had him a few years back, he was probably in his mid-60s, and the guy had so much passion uh, for for hockey and just for life in general that, you know, like, he, it was amazing to see this, and he would just run up and down and, like, make sure he was telling guys something at every turn. And I remember that we used to have, like, we are sponsored by SAP, one of the biggest uh, technology companies in the world, and he – he came in and he totally ripped out the entire system uh, for doing video and he put in this tape player and we were watching video <laughs> on tape because that's all he could do is rewind and fast forward to it to tape. Oh my God. I'll never yeah. forget that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But I, what I thought, what I thought of him was like, uh, he was like the team, like, uh, like the team grandfather, like everyone, you know, was always making sure that he was okay, first of all, but he just had a lot of knowledge to spread. And he, obviously he was really intense and he played a defensive style. But I think uh, in the short time I played with him, I actually learned quite a bit from him. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, same. Like it was, uh, it was really different because he came out of retirement, right? So he used to be <laughs> a German national team coach that coached, teams at the Olympics he won several championships with teams and then he was in retirement already for a couple of years and then basically he came out of nowhere nobody thought he would come to the team and uh, he was only there for three months right yeah yeah so the From last January months, till March till like I, I don't know. I think we lost in the first round of the playoffs. Though. Yeah, to Cologne, yeah. Yeah, so, but he basically, he came in and like you said, he was really old school, but he was a really good guy to everyone. And I think yes, he absolutely. really just wanted for each and every one to get the best out of him. And he for tried sure. it with different players in different ways. Like some he was really hard on, some he was like, trying to get the confidence up. Yeah. Um, but there are some some funny moments that are in oh, my mind. Yeah. And every time I need a little cheer up, I'm thinking... Do you remember when we used to do the skating drills with the yeah. milk crates? Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever oh, talk God. to anyone about this? So basically, we were just putting like... How do you call that even? Milk crates. Milk, milk crates. Yeah. So we yeah, well, we put like 10 of them in a line and we were like jumping over them, like doing skippings forwards, sidewards. You had to go down on one knee. Yeah. For like we were an basically, hour. Yeah. We, we, that was our Wednesday morning practice. We used to do just uh, skating drills with the, the milk crates, jumping over, skating around, using our edges. And like, it, it was really funny at the time, but... It actually was it was pretty good. Like I got I got a lot out of it. Like yeah. I was definitely more sturdy in my skating and his old school techniques are you know, those those tried and true ways, like there's a reason why they kinda last, you know? Yeah. Like everyone's trying something new with their new skating uh, instruction and this and that, but you know, just grab a milk cart and a milk crate and put it on the ice and start jumping over it and see what happens, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't, I can't believe that we and we had like video in a tape player that was that was unreal but you know and he <laughs> what I forget every time is that he led us through uh the calisthenics through the yoga program yeah the one the, day Do you remember uh, that like back program he was, he, yeah, he, he was drawing it 
buy him off. Yeah. Like, he was drawing little humans doing yeah. some stuff. And he, drew the, he drew the stick man. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. This yeah. guy is incredible. You know, if he's listening to this right now, I just want to say thank you because I hope he's enjoying fishing in uh, Bavaria. That's where he's from, yeah, right? He's, he's actually, like, coming to uh, games still. Like, when we played in uh, Munich... He he was watching our game and yeah he's he's really awesome like he's talking he to is. us like he just really wants the best for each and every one of yeah. his his former players for sure man do you remember that story about what uh, the uh, the Hanover thing with uh, when they won the championship no I don't know when uh, I was t- I was told I can't remember who was told me but. When uh, Hanover, when they they went bankrupt and they oh, were yeah, in the yeah, yeah. fourth set of the league, so Hanover, I can't remember what year it was, two thousand nine maybe. They went bankrupt and they were going to go out of the league. The, the, the team was getting kicked out of the league because they couldn't pay the players. And he said, "Listen, uh, do you guys want to keep playing? If we win the championship, I'll give you guys my entire salary." And lo and behold, like they were in ninth place at the time, they went on to win the championship and. He came through on his word, and he gave the guys all of his money, like that he earned. Yeah, it. yeah, I heard that too, and that that says a lot about the kind of guy he is. And, yeah, uh, yeah, just like I said. Uh, well, listen, if you ever if you ever talk to him uh, in the next little bit, uh, make sure you say hello for me. Definitely will do. Yes, definitely will do. Um, one last question before we get into the last part here. Um, are you enjoying your hockey career and is it giving you everything you thought it would when you first started? I am definitely enjoying it. I'm uh, definitely embracing every moment, every journey it takes me to it. I think it's something special. Um, We can do something we love every day and, uh, Definitely sometimes that it doesn't give you what you want, but uh, then it's just about accepting that to working hard to get where you want to get. Like sometimes you don't have that role you think you should get or whatever, but you should always put the team success at your at your uh, first place and uh, so sometimes it's not giving you that what you want but uh, the journey itself it's awesome and uh, what I learned in the last years is if you just always focus on the process on the next right step and be positive about it it is always gonna come sooner or later it's always gonna come, and I I enjoy it. That's that's amazing. I'm I'm so happy to hear that because I I feel the same way as you. I mean, I've enjoyed every single step of the way uh, in the good times and the bad times. I think I think I've loved the bad times even more because it gives me that fuel and a little bit of a, a kick. You know, when you're you're not you're in like a little bit of a slump, and then you get back to like working hard and you realize that this is the part that you love the most because you want to work hard and, and like, it's a really great feeling. You feel like you're accomplishing something when you're working hard and then 
you see how you, you respond in those times of, uh, adversity and then you come back and you know you're at the top again and it just feels great so like i i agree with you 100 percent on all that that's amazing to hear that that's that's awesome do you have any uh do you have any thoughts uh any final thoughts here before we get into our last segment there anything you want to share uh that we didn't uh cover over the last no just want to say thank you that uh you put me on the show and uh really happy to uh get back in touch with you again for sure no i mean i yeah no i i always had this this kind of idea in mind and a little bit of background for you real quick is that like when i was in germany i actually started like really working on this hard um in the background i was starting with like compiling the the way it was going to look and i mean i started with the initial idea in 2008 but um I started really getting more serious about this concept uh, of like doing the analysis and the game notes and stuff like that for the youth kids. And the media side has been coming along uh, in the last year or so, but the whole idea of, of doing what we do is uh, started um, coming to life in Germany. So that was, uh, it was a really big year for me that year. So, which was great. So yeah really really uh, happy that you found that way for you yeah i know it's it's definitely uh something i'm passionate about now and like you said it's important that we recognize you know what we want to do after hockey so uh, i'm trying to do that while i'm still in hockey uh, because i love the game so much and uh, i think i just love doing this uh, as much as well or at the same time now yeah um so the last part here, we'll play the uh, the shifted mindset, this or that. So I'll just go over ten questions with you, and you can just pick one or the other. Pretty Perfect. straightforward. Perfect. Pretty straight. So the first one, chances or goals? Chances. Uh, a screaming coach or a player's coach? Player's coach, definitely. <laughs> Scoring goals or defending a play? Defending a play. Nice. Fighting in hockey, yes or no? Uh, I would go something in between. <laughs> well, you gotta say something. You gotta say yes or no. It's a yes. Uh, I'm or going no. with no. You're going with no. Okay. Uh-huh. Ooh, that's an interesting one. Uh, soccer or handball? Or I should say football or handball. American football. No, 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 no. It's soccer. <laughs> I'm going with handball. Wow. Wow. The German coming out. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, keep ups. Can you do over or under 100? I definitely can do over 100. Depends on how many tries I have. <laughs> well... I would give you three tries. Yeah, I think I could do that. Nice. I mean, I've seen your soccer skills. They were pretty impressive. And if you're saying you're better at handball, I mean, well, I should have I, watched you play. I don't think I'm better at handball. I just like it more. Wow. Okay. Well, your soccer skills are pretty pretty on fire, so it's good. Yeah. Um, number seven, speed or patience? Patience. Nice. Great. Will Germany win the Soccer World Cup? Yes or no? I have to say yes. There's no other option. 
<laughs> yeah, you're right. I kind and of Italy didn't it. make it, so that's our first step to make it to win. <laughs> I know that's it's your kryptonite there. It's Italy. Yeah, <laughs> it's devastating to me that I had to watch Sweden beat Italy on a, a lax goal and yeah. oh, a deflection, and Italy couldn't score. Oh man, I'm just devastated by that. But I'll be cheering for I'll be cheering for Germany. I'll be cheering for Thanks. Denmark. I'll be cheering for. Everybody, I just I just love soccer, so I'll just be cheering for everybody. <laughs> Perfect, that sounds good. Um, have you ever had a pregame handshake? Yes or no? Yeah, a couple of times against yeah. uh, former teammates, former coaches. Do you have one like before with like your any of your special oh, D partners that you yeah, had? Yeah, I, any... I do. I do. I didn't have like, a couple of ones. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Nice. You have one right now, currently. Yeah, with uh, Hoffy, we had like with uh, Mirko Hofflin, we yeah, had yeah. one since we played together in uh, juniors when when we were fifteen. Just wow, basically, it's basically a little high five, and then we bump our heads together. And say, I remember go, that actually. Yeah. I remember yeah. that. I do. Yeah. And last one, um, your favorite social media? It's definitely Instagram. Nice. Yeah. Is Instagram big in Germany now? Yeah, it's pretty big. Yeah. Bigger than Facebook? I think so, yeah. Yeah, wow, nice. Well, um that was that was awesome. Uh I think this was a amazing episode and amazing chat, like with a good friend. You know, I always had in mind that I would have you on the show and I wanted to get you on the show because I you know, we became buddies when we were in Germany. We were always training in the gym together. And, yeah. Uh, we just were D partners and we spent a good bunch of time together. So I really have, uh, it's really been great for me to have you um, come on the show and talk a little bit about your journey. Uh, it's been really interesting for me to learn about your perspective on everything and what you've been through. And I know everyone that's listening will have the same same opinion on that and have the same feel I should say for that. And it's been, uh, it's been awesome to, to watch your career, um, you know, unfold. And I'm, I'm really glad that you're, you know, you're in a good situation now where you're, you're able to grow in your role and, and, you know, develop as a, as a young athlete. Cause you're still young. I mean, what are you 25 now? 25. Yeah. Yeah. You're still a still a young kid, but you got a, a long way to go. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. So, where can uh, where can everybody find you and follow you and your team along this year? Um, I'm ba I'm on every platform. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram. I just have my normal name. Like I think you, when you just put in Dominic Bittner, you should find me everywhere. Nice. And uh, yeah, the team's name is called uh, Weninger Wild Wings. So okay. they're on Instagram and Facebook too. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. That's uh, that's great. Well, we'll all be watching, and we'll definitely all be cheering you on now that we've gotten to know you a little bit more, and and what an outstanding person you are. And uh, it was really great to have you on the show, and we really appreciate that. So I uh, just want to say thank you for being on the show and. Uh, yeah, uh, it's been uh, it's been great to chat. Yes, thank you very much too for having me and uh, all the things you said, like learning about different perspectives and uh, just staying in touch, which is 
I think a big part of being a pro too, like you make a lot of, lot of friends along the way. And like you said, we were deep partners. I learned a lot when I was really young. I think I was 21 when we played together. Yeah. Yeah. And you had, you had me over for, for more than one dinner. <laughs> your, your wife is a great cook and please say oh, hi. Thank you. I, I will her. definitely, I will definitely say hi to her. Yeah. Um, I, she will appreciate those kind words for sure. Yeah. <laughs> all right buddy well it's great to chat and we'll uh we'll chat again another time love to have you on the show again uh, perfect. sometime perfect recap let me know buddy thank you very all much right, for sure all the best and good luck the rest you of the too way. you too best thank of you. luck thanks, thanks buddy. buddy okay ciao thanks dominic for being on the show what a tremendous episode this was it was great to hear his perspectives and his views and all that he had to offer and say about what it was like growing up in Germany, playing hockey through the minor hockey system and the junior hockey system and then advancing to pro and what that was like for him and what his mindset was at that time. Dominic's a tremendous person and he has a great, great work ethic and he really enjoys the game of hockey and you can see that in his work ethic. Uh, I was lucky enough to play with him for a year and he was just a young kid, so he had a lot of energy and a lot of passion for the game. But you can just tell that he was always more mature and he was really putting in good, solid, dedicated effort into preparing for the games and being ready. And he always put the team's needs first uh, before what he needed because he knew that it was really important for the team to do well. And he's grown into you know, his role now, and he's got a really important role in his team in Schwenigen, and it's nice to see that his being there has led his team to having some success and changing the culture and the atmosphere around that team, and seeing that team do well this year uh, has been good to watch because it's a really fun atmosphere, and, and the whole league is just a, a great league. It's fun to play in, but, you know, when you get teams that historically haven't uh, done as well and now they're doing a lot a lot better and seeing their fans get rewarded for their their patience uh, it's great to see that and I'm glad that Dominic has had a lot to do with that so if you like today's episode and you thought it brought you some value please uh, leave us a rating or share it with someone that might enjoy this episode as well uh, it's definitely uh, really good to see the perspective of someone from another country um, man it's such a great country that it is in Germany um, where soccer is usually at the front uh, of the sports landscape but it's nice to see that hockey is making its way as well so if you like today's episode please uh, leave us a comment and let us know what you thought of it and we'll chat again next time until then, keep performing optimally.